Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Whither are we drifting? It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy all the way to News Radio, I'm your TV guide, Barb Hardly. And when I'm in boy drag, I'm Brett White, and I'm a reporter producer for Decider.com. Say hello to the Maynard, to my lady, Doby, Ethan K. Hi, Ethan. Hello, Barb. Oh, my gosh. I-, I feel honored. I get to be the Maynard? The Maynard yeah. was Maynard is oh, Maynard. You're going to find out in our recap of the Dobie Gillis episode. Um, the big question, how awesome Maynard G. Krebs is. Oh, wow. And so I, I feel am, I feel honored. This is an honor. And I'm Lady Dobie, which is not a thing. <laughs> why not? No. Yeah. Why? If, there, if there's a lady bullseye, there should be a lady Dobie Gillis. Dobie is not a gendered name. <laughs> No, it's not a name. <laughs> I don't think it's a name. Uh, but yes, yes. Uh, so where where are we? Uh, well, first of all, uh, compliment my beauty. I'm in drag. You're Hi. fantastic. And uh, I, you know what? That necklace looks really familiar. Did we? Oh, it does. Yes, I went up to uh, upstate to to visit Ethan and his wife, and we went uh, vintage shopping. I wanted to buy. Well, I wanted to buy a lovely, like, vintage gown, but that didn't happen. But I did buy a, some nice jewelry mm-hmm. and a um a retro, like, very Marsha Carol Brady, like, top and skirt set that I'll probably wear next week for the 70s episode. But this is the 60s, and so I'm very uh, Diamond Zara, drag queen's best friend, fake diamonds. Your eye work is really good there, too. I, I know. I'm very... I'm, honestly, go back... Go back to the first episode of this era when Barb made her debut, and I, I, I wasn't doing drag back then. I'm doing drag right now. You are doing the drag, <laughs> which is, I mean, which is to, which is to say a lot. You were doing drag before, and now you are. I know. I'm coming into my own more. I'm very proud of my, uh, my makeup. I'm, de- I'm developing a signature uh, beat for my mug. Yeah. Um, This is is an encouragement to everyone to watch our YouTube channel because mm -hmm. you can see all of this actually visibly with your eyes. (laughs) Trust me, I'm beautiful. Uh, And also while you're at YouTube, you should visit Barb Hardley's YouTube page because I've been doing some uh, videos about This is the Army for my book project. I've done and the most important one being I have debuted 17 actual photographs that have never been seen before literally from world war ii imagine that world war ii photos that have never been seen uh these are from justice addis hayden works partner uh he took them 
during World War II. He mailed the physical copies to his father in World War II, and then they sat in the Addis family-like drawer for 80 years until I reached out to them, and now they're part of the New York Historical Society's collection. They ended uh, up in a good home. Which is super cool that happened. And so now that they're there, I've... D- I've uh, debuted 17 of the 130. So please, you know, you can also just search for uh, Hayden and Jess. Uh, this is the Army Love Story is that video. It's also all over all my socials. So, etc. <laughs> what do you think the best photograph or the coolest photograph was? I mean, from that stack. This will be a must have seen TV YouTube viewers exclusive, but Ooh. I have it framed on my desk. Oh, uh, it Which is, is and just Hayden yeah. is smoking a pipe. Uh, pipe. He looks like he's not. Is he wearing a shirt? He's not. He's wearing not a wearing shirt. a shirt because they're on a they're on a battle cruiser outside yeah. of the Philippines. Just is uh, wearing a white what looks like a white t shirt, mm-hmm. and they, it looks like studio photography. Yeah, I mean they are like both looking in opposite directions, but they're next to each other. It's a beautiful photo, and honestly, like, I'm keeping this one mostly under wraps because I feel like it's a book cover. It's also the first, uh, it's also the first image that Hayden's sister-in-law, Jess's, uh, Jess's sister-in-law, uh, sent me. She was like, oh, we have these photos, and she sent, sent me, like, a grainy photo of that photo, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that. You, you, it's you, just you, great. The stars align and you get something really cool coming across your your field of vision. And it is mm-hmm. it's the neatest thing. Um, I have so nothing to compare news. to that, yeah. I think. Uh, what are you watching these days, Barb? There's a uh, lot of TV happening, a lot of new shows, old shows. Lord, I mean. I. Uh, good God. I mean, I'm just like running through. I mean, Columbo. Have I talked? I've talked about Columbo <laughs> on there. I'm still t- still watching Columbo. Um, and and I'm also watching Murder, She Wrote. And last night I watched an episode of Columbo and Murder, She Wrote with about 10 years in between them. And Robert Culp was in both. So, <laughs> you know, you got to love it. I, the only time I've ever seen Robert Culp. Well, he's he's passed away now was was a New York Comic Con where oh. he was tabling next to William Cat, who okay. I love, big fan of William Cat, and I went over and I I I didn't have anything for him to sign. I didn't have I didn't have anything. I just wanted to talk to him and say hello. And I started talking to William Cat and he was the nicest most like friendly person he just glommed on he was just talking about greatest american hero talking <laughs> about house talking about the remakes of house and the sequels and he was this the nicest guy and as i just remember robert culp sitting there just angry that no one was talking to him but i wanted i mean i i ended up getting a picture with william cat uh, that I used for my credit card for a number of years because Wells Fargo <laughs> lets you put your like different photos. And unfortunately, I, not only do I not have any of those credit cards anymore because you know I had destroyed them all, I can't find the photo. Oh, no. I can't find the photo. And it's like there are only a couple convention photos of me with celebrities. Wells Fargo is- should... They should have that on file. They 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 told me they're like, sorry, you have to send in a new picture because we do not have access to this photo. And the one I ended up using was me and Henry Winkler. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, I still have it about the same thing. No, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you watching? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a good answer to that. So. Well, you're watching some old stuff. I'm watching yeah. some new stuff. The new Perry Mason is oh, yeah. a, a, just a joy to watch. Not that it is a fun show. Not that it is a light romp. It is a dark and twisted retelling of Perry Mason. Uh, but it is riveting. Honestly, it is mm. so engaging. When I found out that the second season was airing, I was counting down the days for it to come out. So wow, okay. get a chance. The first season starts off with a bang and is it's not what you expect for the first three quarters of it. And then second season, it picks up pretty much right where it left off. It is mm, choice TV. Okay. Hardy recommendations. Hardy recommendation. I don't have, I don't think there's a show that I could recommend higher. Oh, wow. Well, now that Poker Face is over. Now that Poker Face, I, I, I would say that Mandalorian comes in at least a second to. I mean, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. This season is, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know what the vibe is different. I haven't watched today's episode. I've been. Uh... That speaks to the vibe. <laughs> well, it more it's more that Megan is um traveling so i am I, I can't watch anything that we both watch just by myself so i'm watching you know goofy stuff that 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 i like while i'm doing some chores and things like that um yeah, and she's yeah. not going to, she doesn't listen to this podcast so she's not going to know that i ate a whole bunch of fried chicken for dinner and i probably shouldn't have but i don't care because i'm feeling good I mean, that I there's ate a popeyes like a couple blocks away Ooh. and you best believe i go to that popeyes it's a new popeyes mm. and so it has like the new uh fast casual interior design so i um but yeah uh and then i don't think we have any comments to read i know we were we've been off and on mostly off for a little while it's because your girl had a lot going on. I think you <laughs> uh, see also Tennessee. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. That is uh fun. Um, I would love to, be, I, I would love to be able to do drag in Tennessee, my home state at some point, but if I do, I only have what eight, eight or nine more days until it's considered a felony. If a, if a child sees me, if a child sees this now, I understand that this is traumatizing because I mean, just look at me. But it isn't the bad kind of trauma. It's not. Eh, I don't. Now, now, is this show going to be banned on YouTube in Tennessee? Maybe. I don't children, know. I mean, I don't how know many how. children watch this show. How many children want to hear about Dobie Gillis? Dobie Gillis. I mean, if it was me as a as a child, I would be like, eh, because <laughs> I uh, yeah. So yeah, well, let's go on and jump into it. This week, we're traveling to January 24th, 1961. Swiss Family Robinson ruled the box office. Wonderland by Night by Burt Camfort topped the charts. And CBS aired the Many Loves of Dobie Gillis episode, The Big Question. Ethan, you must have seen The Big Question before today. Alas, I have not. But I do remember Dobie Gillis quite well. I It was on Nick at Night at a time where I was watching Nick at mm -hmm. Night. And I remember uh, especially the the thinker statue, which is the, yes. one of the hallmarks, is that when Dobie talks to the camera in every episode, he does it in front of a copy of Rodin's The Thinker in a park setting. You gotta, you gotta get a put the the fist on the chin, and I'm I'm a thinker. Hey, and uh, I do remember that it was very well written, and this episode especially was perhaps even overwritten, but it, it was very very well written. Yeah. And I think that was one of the good things about the show was that you did get 
uh, breaking the fourth wall, which is something that not everybody did, especially at the time. I mean, this was 1961. TV had only been around for like 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also just it being kids, like teens. Yeah. Because that's also revolutionary, because at this time, if you're a teen on a TV show, you are the oldest child of a uh, dad who always knows everything. (laughs) And maybe you get an episode once or twice a season, but mostly you're there to like, I got to go to the dance. I got to take my little brother's shoe shopping. Like it's, you know, there's nothing. (laughs) And Dobie Gillis also had one of the best second bananas in TV sitcom history in Manergy Krebs, played by Gilligan himself, Bob Denver. The um, original Urkel in that I do believe he takes over the show. He <laughs> like does. When you get to those later seasons, it is basically just Maynard's show. It became like, so the show is based on short stories by Max Shulman he was mm-hmm. there was something that was big back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, which were college humor magazine magazines. Yeah. It wasn't college humor like the website now. It, <laughs> it was it was just a genre of essay writing that was very loose. It was very free. SJ Perlman, who's one of my favorite authors, um, I have all of his first editions. Ha ha oh. ha. Well, is that also what kind of a crisp, like a, a Gene, oh God, Gene Shepard? Wait, is that the Gene name? Shepherd? Yeah, Gene Shepard. Yeah, uh, Robert Benchley was like that. Like there were a lot of those, Groucho Marx would show up in a lot of these. There, was, there were magazines that were published every month and different writers would have different pieces. And, and it had this very young, youthful, quote unquote, college flair. So Max Shulman did a bunch of short stories. Uh, he was an author, He did kind of a failed script writer. Mm. Uh, the, the only thing that I that he I, I looked him up, the only thing that um, he did that I'd heard of was The Tender Trap starring Frank Sinatra and Debbie Reynolds. And I only know that because I like the song uh-huh. Love Tender Trap. But fast forward a couple of years, 1953, they decide to make a movie out of the short stories. And it's called The Affairs of Dobie Gillis. It stars uh, Bobby Van, Debbie Reynolds again. And. Mr. Bob Fosse, uh, one of his few uh, television roles, and uh, it sucked. It, it was kind of a forgotten <laughs> show. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that they turned it in the same short stories into a TV show later, everyone would have forgotten this movie. And then revisited again when Bob Fosse became the <laughs> the great choreographer and director. Yeah. Uh, so the, the TV show stems out of these short stories. Uh, it stars Dwayne Hickman as Dobie Gillis. And unfortunately, he passed away last year. Yeah, last year. Um, but he was uh, Dwayne Hickman. If you see Dobie Gillis pictures, he's the, he's got the uh, buzz cut blonde. Um, uh, he used to be a child actor. I'm going through some of the notes I have here. Uh, he was in movies. You might have seen The Boy with Green Hair or Mighty <laughs> That's Joe. That's a movie? Young. Yeah. Oh, wait, are you talking Young. about SLC Punk? <laughs> Uh, but he got his big break at playing the second banana, not the second banana. He played a, a kind of a child in the Bob Cummings show, which was okay. just a, you know, another one of those. One great- of those. I'm a dad and I know everything. So shut up, kids shows. Bob Cummings also was one of the three hosts for the uh, the Disneyland opening day uh, television special, along with Art Linkletter and the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. 
Oh, nice. I'm just I guess. bashing you over the head with some trivia. <laughs> well, also, Ronald Reagan, star of This Is uh, This Is The Army, a uh, movie where a whole bunch of soldiers do drag for Uncle Sam to raise money to fight Nazis, and it was fine. Did he, so, did he do drag? No. No, and also most of the soldiers hated the movie version because they got an actor to lead it. They got oh. a, not a soldier. They got like a they got a fancy actor like Ronald Reagan to do it. Ronald Reagan. Uh, yeah. I also think listeners should keep in mind that the uh, Scooby Doo quartet are based on the Dobie Gillis uh, core cast, which we don't see either of the ladies in this episode. I don't think. Um, no, but this, this was Dobie virtually- is. This I is a two-hander. Sorry, we're, we're talking over Honestly, each other. Dobie is essentially Fred, and Maynard is Shaggy, and then, oh, the little, I'm going to say it, the little lesbian. Sheila Cool. Uh, is uh, Velma. And Zelda, we love Zelda. She played Zelda. Zelda Gilroy. Yeah, and Sheila is um, now a politician in California, I do believe. Yeah, she's I had multiple, um, multiple runs. She was uh, state assembly, and then I think state senate. And she's not in this episode. And then there's a attractive, I guess, Dobie's girlfriend character. Uh, that could have been Talia Menninger, played by Tuesday Weld. Hmm. Uh, Tuesday Weld is still alive. Oh. Um, Dwayne Hickman, unfortunately, passed away. And uh, Bob Denver passed away, I want to say, back in the, the early 90s. He, uh, he, I remember he made the news because he got some marijuana delivered to his house and he got arrested for it. Now it's, you know... It's all legal, and he wouldn't have wouldn't have even made the papers. If anyone should be able to get marijuana delivered, it is Maynard J. Krebs. Maynard I believe Krebs? I believe he paid a fine. Maynard G. Krebs. Yeah. Um. Which in fun fact, he went to college with Dwayne Hickman. Oh. So they knew each other before then. They they both went to Loyola. Uh, Bob Denver did a little bit of teaching, and then he auditioned for this role, and got it, and it. Changed his whole career. Changed his whole it life. Is, it, well, it is also crazy that he has two iconic sitcom roles where the second one is the one that everyone remembers him for. Yeah. But like if if Gilligan had never come along, he would still be like, oh, yeah, that guy Maynard, that was a good character. It yeah. wouldn't he wasn't as like big of a cultural impact, but he was like the the sitcom representation of the beatnik. Uh, like he was that yeah. trope. Um, Which is the first time the it was on few, TV. Yeah, like, yeah. so, you know, he had a, and then he became a little, uh, a little uh, twink first mate to uh, <laughs> to a bear captain. <laughs> uh, that was, at, right? After, and yeah, that's that's the, the whole point of the show, right? Yeah. It was a Yogi Boo Boo situation. I feel like I, I like never, this was on Nick at Night when I was a kid, and I never really watched it uh, that often. I, but I was aware of it. I think like when it was one of the ones that when it would come on, I would either change the channel or that's when like I go somewhere else like that is just I just didn't really watch it. Um, A lot of people remember it for um, the character played by Warren Beatty. Oh, Warren Beatty was kind of Dobie's rival. Uh, oh, you mean Dick Tracy? Dick Tracy. I'm sorry. The, the actor formerly known as um Warren Beatty, now Dick Tracy only. Uh, no, he played um, Milton Armitage, who's kind of the rich, snobby kid. But he was only in five episodes. Oh. So it's kind of like everyone. A lot of people remember him from the show, but he was only in five episodes. That's wild. Uh, yeah. So this week 
on Must Have Seen TV. We'll be talking about the Many Loves Adobe Gillis episode, The Big Question. It is the 14th episode of season two, and it was written by Max Shulman and Joel Kane and directed by Rod Amato. Here's how Freebie describes <laughs> the episode. Dobie and Maynard approach graduation from high school, and Mr. Pomfret assigns them and assigns them to write an essay entitled Whither Are We Drifting? Ethan, how accurate is that description? It's 100% accurate. That is it. It was that Mr. Pomford all along. That is <laughs> that is all that happens in the episode. Now, if you remember back to our Patty Duke episode, the father is played yes. by William Shallert. And in this episode, in the whole series, the teacher, Mr. Pomford, is also played by William Shallert. He was a TV sitcom legacy like for the in his entire life he did not stop acting he was also the president of sag i just keep throwing out so much trivia and like I, he yeah, seems like a good guy i liked him uh yeah. handsome handsome bespectacled uh distinguished gentleman sugar daddy maybe oh my huh? gosh are you huh? talking about me and no. my spectacles <laughs> my vintage uh, Price t-shirt so yeah the episode opens with him assigning all of them their last assignment before graduation this is halfway through the season, though, so I don't know. Are they just, like, back in high school and don't... That's the weird thing about episodic. It's, I, I don't know, you know where this falls. I don't know how it falls, but I know what happens is that they eventually graduate. Yeah. And, go in, in, and spoilers, because this entire episode is them figuring out what to do with their life, and at the end, they don't come up with any any answers in the show they do end up going into the army which it's weird you know this is Dobie gillis now an army show and then after a couple episodes they went back they on gi bill they went to college so once again it was the school classroom kind of kind of life so the 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 essay that he assigns all of them to write is he just proposes a question whither are we drifting which I'm really glad he explained what the hell that means because <laughs> I was like, you're not, I don't understand what you are saying. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, I think that this actually was kind of a phrase because I, I searched all newspapers um, from 1960, like beforehand. I just typed in the phrase in quotes, whither are we drifting? And like a couple of like hits hmm. came up of like, it seemed like it was kind of a stock, maybe like a stock icebreaker type question or it's that, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but it is one of those like, oh man, we talk real dumb nowadays. Kind of, <laughs> kind of moments. I also, I the, the assignment is a two hundred and fifty word essay, and like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like I two hundred fifty words is absolutely nothing. I okay, sneeze two hundred and fifty words. We are totally in agreement because my last class in grad school. The teacher assigned us, the professor assigned us 250 to 300 word essays every week. And that's like a paragraph and a half when you're writing like biblical literature, like essays. And by the end of it, he he just, he realized this and he just says, you know what? I probably should have made them longer, like 500 words. (laughs) Which even that I'm like. Okay, like, I mean, I because I mean, I can crank out a 2000 word reaction essay to anything in 30 minutes. Like, that's just a skill that I have uh, (laughs) with my job. 
So when he when at the end where they're like 250 words, I'm like, that's my opening paragraph. I don't yeah. whatever. Wild. Uh <laughs> but yeah, uh, so he's assigning all of them that. But he so the cult open ends with him being like, oh, you know, I'm looking basically like I'm looking forward to these as well. You're the next generation of great thinkers and scientists and scholars. And then in comes Maynard G. Krebs. And he says, You rang. And then he right. drops, he 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 does some physical comedy and drops his whole lunch all over the floor, which included a whole bunch of sausages. <laughs> and then the opening that. credits, <laughs> the opening credits like play over him just fumbling, trying to get the yeah. get it up. Yeah. Uh, and that's the opening because we kind of got the the little bit of the that we set up the premise for the entire episode is that the entire class um has to think of of this. So yeah. The episode starts proper with a like narration scene with Dobie in front of the thinker statue. Um, I wrote that he's wearing a nice little like popover kind of button down shirt. Just uh, some nice 50s fashion in this. <laughs> Maynard it, Maynard saying. doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave college. He, does, he, doesn't he says leave like school. it's like what three years in 12th grade. He's like, yeah, he's the me. best three years I've ever spent. <laughs> but this this was shot. Interestingly, because the camera was stationary, it would like cut to the teacher talking and then it would cut back and Maynard would stand up into the frame, talk, and then sit back down. But the camera wouldn't follow him. It would stay stationary. And then he would stand up back into it again and talk like that's one of many interesting direction touches that you just didn't see on television back then. I liked it. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was that it just showed that he he kept he didn't have to keep getting up and down, but he did. And that became its own little little side gag. And I like that a lot. Yeah. And so every all the students are now like, you know, uh, dipping into their thesis statements, just talking about it. One of the ladies who I thought was Patty Duke for a hot second, but she was not. Uh, the character's <laughs> like Ms. Milhauser or something. Betty Jean Milhauser. I, I don't yes. know how many episodes she was in. But what does she want out of life? A fella just like me. Well, where are you going to go where are you going to go in life, Betty Jean? Well, I'm going to go anywhere where there's a fella, That's like maybe college, maybe a construction out. site, <laughs> maybe a penal colony. Barb, what kind mm -hmm. of of those three places, where would you rather find a gentleman? I'd go to a saloon. That was a fourth place. That's a fourth yep. location. You just ruined my question. When you zig, I zag. <laughs> right into a saloon door. <laughs> that's where vice uh, begins, Barb, at the saloon yeah. door. That's where uh, my life goes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's that way. Someone like it sounds like an easy question, but it is not. It is not. It's not an easy question. Uh, that it, it's it's something that is is shared by literally there are four people who talk in this. Well, in this entire scene. The teacher, Betty Jean, uh, yeah. Toby, and uh, Krebs. So whither are you drifting? Me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. 250 if I words. I was going to say, I don't know if I can do it in 250 words. I am working at an ad agency, and I'm going to keep doing that until I win the lotto. But in the meantime, Ooh. I am going to grad school for uh, theology and once I graduate with that, I either go for my doctorate uh, or just keep going and writing and publishing stuff like that. 
And that's wow. me happy for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. But Barb, whither are you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what the hell's the line? I just I did. Whither are you, are you drifting with? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you have all that going on and I'm hoping that I can dress like a woman in front of strangers at a bar sometime. That would be nice. Uh, Remember the good uh, old days? God. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out how to perform live in drag, uh, which is hard. And I got a book. Oh, my light went out. Well, that's fine. Um, I got a book that is uh, actually getting uh, closer to uh, traction. So that is good, um, which I can't I won't talk about now, but at some point I will. Uh, so uh, I'm drifting all over the place. It's like I'm Tokyo drifting, baby. Maybe you'll drift out of New York. I don't oh, know. God. Uh, would I drift? To... Okay, I'm trying to plug my light back in. Um, it's okay. Uh, we can still see you. Okay. I mean, as long as, you know, uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, LA, who knows? LA. Or just anywhere. I mean, getting uptown was nice. God. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so like, this is a interesting. Uh, I mean, it's a very like the teacher doesn't have anything planned for the last six <laughs> weeks of school. And he's like, just uh, whither are you drifting? Like <laughs> 250 yeah, words, because I don't want to read that much. 250 words on what do you want to be when you grow up? Yes, essentially. Uh, and, <laughs> but Maynard suggests, why don't we just go to the movies? And then he like lists all of these movies. I wrote he's, them like, all down. Yeah, I, I copied them from IMDb. Go for it. <laughs> It's the monster who devoured Cleveland. <laughs> All of the second feature is Attila and his merry men. The third one is Space Dentist. The third is John <laughs> Dillinger. Um, the fourth is John Dillinger, American. And the sixth and seventh are Gone with the Wind. Which, like, honestly, I don't. I I long I have a lot of nostalgia, and I long to live in a lot of other decades. And honestly, in some ways, thank you Tennessee's legislature for actually making my desire to live in another time not uh frivolous like it's like oh no 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 actually the 70s seem fine so, <laughs> so anyway um one of the little like, gags when, though that, that did come up is monster who devoured cleveland comes up a lot in this show anytime oh, really that, yeah anytime maynard wants to go see a movie monster who devoured cleveland is playing or son of monster who devoured cleveland <laughs> But like, so like this made me kind of jealous of just like, oh yeah, like just you get like a nickel and you just go to the movie theater and there's just a fuck ton of horrible movies play. It's like going and being like, oh man, it's going to be Megan followed by Cocaine Bear followed by, you know, just like that seems like a lot of fun followed by Plane. I saw that. That was fun. Plane? Yeah. It's the new Gerard Butler and... um. Oh, God. Mike Coulter uh, action movie. Most oh. of it doesn't take place on a plane. Oh, go fig. But it is really okay. funny. It's really fun. <clears throat> but it's like, <laughs> that sounds like a fun kind of afternoon. Or day yeah. like which, you know, which we I I've never lived in a time where where one could do that. I did. It's it, been expensive. I did it once, but I did it illegally. Mm, yes. Yes. There was. I never I was never brave enough. I also didn't have uh, a lot of friends that would uh, do that. With me. I, I did it with my friend, fellow lawbreaker, Justin Weinberger. Yeah. Uh, the author, uh, Justin Weinberger. We 
watched I can only remember two of the movies we watched. We watched Shrek and we watched Evolution and we watched a third one, but we did spend an entire day theater hopping. When when one was done, we what what's what's next? Okay, we'll go to yeah. that one. And we watched three movies at once. That's the only time I've ever done it. And I'm not yeah. going to tell you where, so you can't arrest me. And the statute <laughs> of limitations is the God, this was 25 years ago. I don't even wow. know when it was, whenever Shrek came out. So then, yeah. So then uh, Dobie is like, well, you know, we're not going to go to the movies. We're going to think. And then, and then Maynard points to the thinker and is like, oh, we're going to think like that naked cat. A naked cat. That naked cat. Yeah. So then they start uh, thinking. In the pose. Maynard yeah. gets in the pose. <clears throat> but then, so then, like, the whole thing is, like, you gotta have a plan. And then, so this is where the episode gets, like, existential. And, like, it's very, it yeah. becomes very much like you're at a black box theater. Um, and the two, like, Maynard is saying, there are a lot of things I want to do, but, like, they won't let you do it. The man, you know, won't let you, etc. And uh, the, they are, they, he spells it out. The mother, the father, and the teacher cats at school. Yeah. And Dobie says that like, no, they're captains of their own fate. They can like make their own decisions. But as he's saying this, a stereotypical Irish cop is walking up behind <laughs> them. Officer Dugan, because Maynard is eating peanuts and throwing the shells on the ground. Yes. And in one shot, you can see someone, uh, a street sweeper, talking to oh, the right. cop, pointing to Maynard, because he's making his job harder. Um, well, and also, while they're doing this, they are walking through what is clearly the back lot of whatever studio they were filming on. But they've like kind of kind of done it up to look like yeah. a, you know, a street. And it's just a really interesting, like at one point, and it might be after this, but like they climb up on, t on top of like a platform. Yeah, it and then like, they stand up. It looked like a roof, but like it wasn't really. It looked like a flatbed truck to me. But like they they climb up on that and then stand up off screen, so you're just seeing their legs. Like the camera again stays stationary, and you're seeing their legs walk down the slope until they then jump off of the little like ledge roof thing as uh, they continue then, to talk. Which is yeah, which is just like again like a lot of very interesting. Directing choices, and I will say, I watched uh, some Dobie Gillis Christmas episodes over the holiday season, so that's like the most I've seen of it recently, but all of those really did surprise me, because I have an idea of what I think shows from this era are like, and Dobie Gillis is unlike all of those. It is like this weird, like, island of a smart writing, believable characters, and also just like youth. Which yeah, that one, yeah, it's really weird, and I don't, I don't think it could be made today. I don't, uh, I, I don't think it well, could be. Yeah, well, because nowadays, nowadays, kids Dobie's age are in a multicam sitcom and they're mugging to the camera, or it's, you know, you or you have a conceit that you have to kind of like tie yourself to, you know. It's the dad's a cop and the kids are all, you know. Yeah, this is just he's sugar, just a kid. Sugar. It's just it's just the he's, life of a kid. There is philosophies almost like nothing remarkable about him. Um, the many loves that isn't even a part of this. episode. He, I mean, he dates. Yeah, this is this is an episode that has maybe five or six people with lines. Yeah, the entire thing. Uh, this is also apparently one of the episodes, the few episodes where they go actually outside to a location. Yeah. The rest of it's all, all sets, but it is, it's I, really well, interesting. 
this was a suge- a suggested episode. Oh I, yes, I, I forgot. Thank you, the televisionary ZW on Twitter. Thank you very much. This was a recommended episode from them, and I was I was into it, and then I I, I saw the IMDb IMDb page, when it had only like six people. I'm like, okay, so it doesn't have some of the main characters like Tuesday Weld that people remember from this. And then when when I watched it today. And I'm like, this is a, an amazing episode. It's well-written. It's really philosophical. It's really good. And I, I said, Brett and I are going to have a really hard time. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. this because it's not action and action and then this happens and then that ensues it's a lot of conversations it's a lot of character work i mean like yeah they like they uh, the entire time also maynard every time that they walk past a phone maynard uh sticks his hand in to see if he can get any money out of all of the the coin return slots yeah and that doesn't okay see this is where you actually get the uh tv analytical because it's like well that doesn't pay off it's not a joke it doesn't really but it's like wait but is that low-key maynard g krebs's unspoken plan for life is to go about his business and whenever he can like oh hey i could maybe get some money right now no okay fine that's fine like it's a very but like that's not the explicit statement but that's like a kind of thing that you could write a paper on it's like it's it's really interesting it's something that happens that doesn't drive the action but it's also amazing character work. It's like, what do you do to this guy who's obviously a freeloader who doesn't yeah. want to do any work? Um, this That's is just he, a little. He looks little for thing. money. Yeah. Yeah, a little thing well, that you got to add to the character. And so, like this, this. So after the cop comes, and that ends the little segment about uh, whether or not they determine their fate. Then we get into. Wait, what, did you hear, did you have to remember what the the officer said? Because oh, he says oh. you, can, you can go out and do anything. When then they said, "Well, can we go to the the park? Oh, right. No, it's closed for a picnic in the park. Well, can, can we yeah, go to the yeah. playground? Well, no, the playground's closed uh, for construction." And they're like, "Okay." He's like, "But you can go anywhere else, but, but don't hang out on the corner." So yeah, <laughs> that the obvious symbolism is yes, you have the ability to go wherever you want, but you do not have the permission to go any of those places. Yeah. Well, You're then. A very, maybe- Maynard's like, all I need are like sleep donuts and jazz. And then that leads us into like the next little bit, which is about like the fleeting interests that you have in like, they're not done developing yet. Like Maynard is convinced I'm going to love jazz for the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. Dobie keeps bringing up, well, you were really into like 
uh, what was one of them a pony racing treehouse stilts you had thousands of marbles like yeah and, and raise, it, raising guppies you you built a soapbox racer and then then manner just like oh that's kids stuff yeah and that's so what Dobie is talking about in this section is how this paper is essentially saying like you're gonna grow up you are going to leave the childish things behind which is a notion that does not exist anymore i say as a 38 year old man who is dressed as a woman talking to a guy who's older than me by a couple <laughs> years in a vincent price free tomorrow my birthday is tomorrow 43 oh happy yeah, yeah. happy pre-birthday but like it is this we no longer have we are version of growing up is different and more nebulous and something that I am constantly grappling with because I want to be a <laughs> I want to be a man like I want to be an adult man like you want to be recognized as, by the an, public, adult, as an adult yeah and that doesn't happen that which is honest which is why I dress the way that I do when I am not wearing a dress yeah um which is why I wear ties and just because I want to project because inside I still feel like a 12 year old and I don't know what's going on, but I am tr I'm constantly trying to project that I do. Uh, whereas in the fifties and sixties, once you hit 18 or the job force, you were given the uniform. Yeah. So you just adult looked like one way and at the stifling of your own creativity at your own interests, uh, I gotta say that I, I I feel that I was more grown up and adult when I was just out of college. I was living with I was living with a, a a girlfriend in North Carolina. I had to go into an office, my first real mm. office job, where I the, it it wasn't like today where you can wear jeans. I still had to wear oh yeah shirts and button down shirts and khaki pants to go into the office every day. My hobbies were performance. And um, watching DVDs like it, I, I wasn't I wasn't collecting comic books. I wasn't playing music. I wasn't doing all the things that I do now as, yeah. you know, almost twice as old. And it's interesting that like the episode is saying something about this. We're like. I don't know, maybe it's from the benefit of uh, decades passing and we from a modern perspective can look and be like, man, it's shitty that Dobie is telling Maynard in a way, well, you're not going to be able to like jazz and donuts in a couple of years because you have to be an adult. And like I like that that's shitty. That yeah. like back in the day, becoming an adult meant, you know, putting away childish things, right? Uh, even if they do bring you joy. Uh, but you know, then also I've I've spent hundreds and thousands of dollars on Marvel Legends figures this year alone. So I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but think about the, the think about the people who are making all those things possible for Maynard. So someone, an adult has to make the donuts. Adults yeah. are playing jazz music. Adults are working record stores and making records. All those things, all those things are facilitated by adults for entertainment by young people and adults. He's in. Yeah. Dobie asks, you know, Dobie says something like, you're not going to be a member of the Beat Generation forever. And he's like, no, I'll always be a member of the Beat Generation. Which he will. And, I mean, but then Dobie says, well, what does that even mean? Define Beat Generation. And which is in, which is funny, because in the news these days, a whole bunch of conservative commentators are being asked, 
well, can you define what woke is? Yeah. And they're coming up with nothing and it's hilarious. So fuck them. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, there goes our, our explicit warning label on, on no, I, I, Apple podcast. <laughs> but um, and Maynard can't define it. And then he says, I don't I can't even define generation. Yeah. And well, the, so like then that is a segue into now they're back at Dobie's home. Stoby's house, right? Yep. And oh my god, which one of them is which one? So I can't remember which one of them is accusing they are the way they are now because they're parents. Yeah. Is it Dobie that's making that argument? Yeah. And, and then he Dobie says, you know, think of your father. What is your father like? And then he, he Maynard says, My dad cries every time he sees me. Yeah. <laughs> but like so now Dobie is making the argument that our parents have essentially turned us into pets. Like they wanted us to have all these advantages. They wanted to protect us from the world and they've like really sheltered us. And now we're not like ready to, to write essays like this and actually go out into the world yeah. to which I'm like, yeah, boomers. That's what <laughs> you also did to us. <laughs> it's, it's the way he puts it. I, I thought it was really good. I wrote it down. Parents want to protect us and treat us like kids until they tell us to grow up. Yeah. Which is oh. This is a deep episode of Dobie Gillis. Yeah. Which I like, I think about this all the time about how, like, as an elder millennial, uh, or an old millennial, I don't really fucking care. It's all bullshit anyway. But like, I grew up at a time in the 90s and stuff where, you know, where everyone gripes about the participation trophies and honorable mention and whatnot. And we don't talk about how, the fact that it's the boomer generation that came up with all that stuff. Yeah. The kids weren't giving themselves participation trophies. It's the boomers like Dobie who were like, well, the kids obviously need we need to protect them. So like they were perpetuating this thing that apparently they also felt. Uh, but yeah, but I also agree with like, yeah, when I graduated college and then uh, two years later, the recession hit. And it's like, uh, oh, I spent my entire life being told, follow your dreams. Don't like, you know, chase your passions, go for be artistic, etc. And then all this happens like I have no skills because I was encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have been encouraged. So, yeah, it's all this. But I mean, back in the back in the day, too, I, I do feel like there was a, a little less flexibility in that you would have a career and you would probably stay at that career or be able oh, to. Oh, yeah. Like my, my dad's worked at the same, taught at the same school for his entire adult life. Yeah. My mom pretty much stayed in the same district. Um, She, she, she did change jobs, but this was a time where you couldn't just be like, I'm going to freelance here and then I'm going to get a job. But it, I don't really like this company, so I'm going to bop off or you know, I'm going to try something new. Like, I don't know how much that happened. No, I mean, because so like the next scene, now they're back outside of the school yep. and that ties into this because the professor comes along, pro Mr. Pomfret, whatever, Pomfret comes along and he just like every time he says work, like, what are you going to do for work? Like, et cetera. Maynard yelps like he has a visible like, uh, like, ah! like that was his reaction to. Yeah, every every episode he did that work, work. Yeah, work. Yeah. Very and shaggy, then, very shaggy. Yes. But then like. When they're talking then about their post high school plans and they just matter of factly say, well, we'll probably get drafted. And that was where like the record scratch like is just like that is just such a foreign concept. Just yeah. like how they're 
life plans, their outlook included embedded in like, well, obviously we'll probably get drafted and then we'll block. And it's just like, I can't, that's so it's just such. Did you sign up for the selective service when you turned? Uh, No, I did. I believe that I got, they would call me. So I remember like all of us talking about that when we all turned 18 of like, when they're fucking like the army is going to start calling you. And I would well, always it, hang up. Or whatever. I, I, it wasn't like a join the army ROTC thing. It was, you just have to like sign up with the government to be like, look, I am a person that is now 18 in case, like in case huh. they reinstate the draft or something like that. Maybe my, I did. I don't know. My dad was the one who, who said, this is something you have to do. It wasn't, you know, Sergeant Rocco calling up it being like, yeah. Hey, yeah, I heard you're turning 17. Have you heard about the army? It wasn't one of those <laughs> very weird job for an adult to have. I call uh, a bunch of 17 year olds and ask them if they want to come hang out at my base. Nope. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I signed up for it now. And, and you know, for a, a long time, I just, it still weirded me out that it was a possibility. Like, Oh yeah. That's I very mean, remote. Cause it, you know, the draft, wasn't a thing anymore but it was it was all volunteer army but it's still and then when i finally i i i finally became a minister through the spiritualist church and which is a real church it's not like universal life church or something and like i i spent four four years training for it and a whole bunch of classes and and things like that but there was a relief like Ah. i'm like oh now i can't get drafted because i am clergy Oh, I didn't know that was a rule. Yeah. Now I could, I could volunteer to be a chaplain. Ah, Uh, yeah. And, you know, anyone can be a chaplain, but uh, I mean, a clergy member can be, can be a chaplain, no matter what you believe. What is wild. So 30 years ago, this would mean I couldn't go into the army. Yeah. 80, 80 years ago, this Meant that I'm going overseas to entertain the troops literally like right off the front lines. Literally, this is the army. Yes. So <laughs> the, think about that. Uh, Republic. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of research into uh, how homosexuals were treated in World War II. It's very fascinating. Um, but then so then they're also like, we'll come back, we'll do college. And then Mr. Prophet's like, well, that isn't just you're saying like that's easy. But like there are 10 kids to every seat. In college, to which Maynard is like, "Oh, blah, that sounds." How do good. they? How do they get comfortable? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but then Maynard's just like, "I just want to stay in high school. We could move somewhere else. Change your name. Over. Yeah, start over at a new high school. Um, yeah, keep flunking. So, yeah, it's it, it's a very real scene. It is. It yeah. is them wrestling with growing up." It is wrestling. It is wrestling with the opportunities that are available to them, and they Maynard even said, "Oh, we'll we'll do the we'll do the army, and then we'll get a pension the rest of his life." And someone oh, yeah. says, "You're not going to get a pension if you only you know for only one hitch." Yeah. So then they go to uh, Dobie's dad's store yep. because Maynard's like, "Well, he puts like a quarter in a fortune teller thing." Yeah, he's like, like it tells you you're waiting the fortune. future, but this guy can tell the future. It's a yeah. fortune telling machine. But then so he grabs a teen magazine. There's a uh, there's a really funny bit. So like he grabs a teen magazine. Someone's written in saying like they want Elvis for president. Yeah. Uh, and and so then he then Maynard is like, maybe I'll go into politics and gives like a little bit of a political speech. He does cite inflation, Russia and China as the main problems. <laughs> 
And it's like the more things change, the more they we're stay the there. same. We're still there. Still there. Oh boy. China and inflation. Yeah. But and then there was a really good joke. Maybe the funniest joke of the entire episode is when he's like looking at the magazine rack and he's like, look at all these adventure magazines. I was four inches from death. I was, was three. It was, it was, it was, I was three feet from danger. And then he looks at the next one and it's like, I was one and a half feet from danger. And he gets all the way to the bottom. And I was, I was seven and three quarters inches away from danger. <laughs> the last one is, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really, is a really funny little, uh, little bit. Um, and that's the entire scene in the dad's shop. Now they're back outside. Now they're talking about like marriage and girls. And, you know, it is telling, I don't know that Maynard is just like, I'm not going to get a girl. And it's okay to be asexual. And that was not a thing that they were ready to talk about. Not at all. Uh, but then they have this argument about like who's more lovable, etc. Yeah, it was it was it was a nice conversation. And this was again on the back lot. They're once again yeah. walking just their legs on this platform. And they're talking about they're talking about who's more lovable. And they they, you know, Maynard's like, no, no one loves me. And he goes, yeah. No, your, your parents love you. I love you. Yes, really, really sweet for two, you know, high school seniors to say that kind of stuff. Yeah, and well, then like Maynard is like, "Well, you've been tricked." And, like he has some sort of really cynical, like uh, take on that, which is like, man, therapy should be more of a thing. Back then. But <laughs> no, okay. Then, then they're back. They're back he, in the classroom. They're back in the classroom, and it's 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 the time. Is that did you have commercials? Because I watched it on the Roku channel. I didn't have commercials. Oh, yeah. I had commercials on Freebie. Ah. I don't know what they were though, because I was running around in between when commercials hit. All of these episodes are available on the Roku channel and Freebie, all four seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh so then they had to bit reveal reveal a surprise. <laughs> they have to read these essays out loud in front of the class. Just like, oh God. 250 <laughs> words though. I mean, that's like you know, a minute and a half. I like guess just the embarrassment. Yeah. Of having to do like a grade school activity. Uh, so then, of course, Ms. Milhauser is just like, she's all about the fellas. She's like, where are the men at? Where are the men at? Et cetera. Yeah. You know, been their sister. And um, Maynard has has written an essay. Maynard has written an essay. And he's, it, it really is, you know, he's, he starts off saying, when I think about writing this episode, or writing this essay, I think about when I was back in my backyard pre-fort with my dog Spot, and he says his best dog, love that dog, and then it's an illustrated gag of the dog ate my homework because he moves to the next page, yeah, and yeah. the page is all chewed up. When he's like, my dog who chews everything up, and then oh, including this, like yeah, so that's. <laughs> but um, um, I mean, is, he did really I'm, write an essay, I guess. He wrote an essay. Also, two hundred fifty words that goes on multiple pages. How big a print are you writing in? Jesus, I don't know. You're man. probably writing in cursive because it's yeah, the, huh. the 60s. So then Dobie is like, bitch, I don't have an essay. Shove it. <laughs> <laughs> he says it more diplomatically. Yeah. Well, he, he says, have... yeah. Um, He accidentally gives a verbal essay where he's yeah. like, you know, we're not supposed to know. Like, I don't know. Like, how could I know? You're like, we're not even supposed to know what the future is. I'm uh oh like i'm confused like the future has me confused but i'm not frightened of it like it's this 
Oh, and he talks about this nest of robins extemporaneously, yep. this metaphor of watching a nest of robins and the mother comes and gives them worms for the little ones. But then one day she doesn't come and bring a worm. She pushes them out of the nest and they have to fly. And it's like, that's, you know, it's I'm going to fly. Like, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to do it. He says that he's, he's even says, look at everybody who else who grew up. It's like everybody else has grown up. It, it, yeah, yeah. Not everybody had to, you know, necessarily had the luxury of being able to plan and look forward. But everybody who grew up, that's the thing they have in common. They grew they up. It. Yeah. Um. So I thought it was really cool. It was a really yeah. it was uh, the whole episode is just what really philosophically written and very well done. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that I mean, like. Also, the fact that uh, the teacher learned something like which is he's he's he says it by like, I'm going to give you an A and also I'm giving myself an A because <laughs> which is a weird <laughs> transition. But he's like, I don't want anyone here to be cocky, but I want all of you to have that quiet confidence. And like, I'm proud that you all know the future isn't going to be easy, but you're like ready to but you're not afraid of it, etc. And yeah. then there's this. Reason, hey, teach, you want to come to the malt shop with us? And he goes, they buy him a drink at the malt shop. Yeah, it really it had that like end of season feel. Yeah, that's why I'm like, this is halfway through the season. Like, what is the next episode? <laughs> or end of, or like like finale of the show kind of. Yeah. Feel. Well, and then so like then there's a post credit or there's like a pre credits kind of a little stinger thing where like the kids are causing mischief in the class. Maynard puts on the the teacher's glasses because he isn't in there. Uh, he impersonates him for a little bit, and then they come in. The teacher comes in and he's like, hey, where's your homework? I mean, it's like, I want an A for not doing my homework like Dobie. And then you're not getting an A, a B, a C, a D. You're getting warm. Like, you know, that's yeah. So, so probably like the hardest joke in the episode. I don't and I don't think that I don't think that the the stinger really added or subtracted anything. It was just kind of like a time filler. But yeah, from, like up until that point, it was just. I don't know. I, I hadn't seen these characters interact since I was like a, a little kid. And just to come back to it and just be hit, like hit with this wave of philosophy and coming to terms with aging and growing up and expectations and all the shit that we still have to go through now. Like, oh, it was it was a good it was an episode that really hit me. Yes, uh, I I agree. Uh, it's a good, uh, nice midlife crisis episode, I guess. You know, uh, relevant if you're 18 or 38 or or 40. 43 starting tomorrow. Yay, we're all doing great. <laughs> and then I'm 43 brain. starting tomorrow. Yeah, you still got one more night. You yeah, gotta I'm... do it up, man. Get out your list of what you wanted to accomplish by. No, I'm, I'm putting comics in bags. Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. and watching some five minutes to live found footage videos. Oh man, I will uh, be editing drag photos probably. Okay, now I'm trying to using a glove while being on a computer. Are you ready for some mustache facts? Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, about 23 million people watched Dobie Gillis this season. That's a lot, but it was the 23rd most watched show of the season. Because that's how things were back then. Uh, the top five shows of the 60 to 61 season were number five, The Real McCoys. 
Number four, mm -hmm. Andy Griffith. Number three, Half Gun Will Travel. Number two, Wagon Train. And number one, Gunsmoke. We've got a problem with Westerns. Got to get them off the TV. I really wish that there was a... Is there a podcast that, that talks about old Westerns like that? They really have fallen off the cultural radar in a way that... be fascinating. It's a way that like one day the dinosaurs are there and the next day they're gone and no one's talking about the dinosaurs. Yeah, just absolutely. It is interesting. And I do, uh, there ha cause like there has to be, uh, there has to be a difference between have gun, will travel wagon train and gun smoke. Right. Uh, and I only know, I know gun smoke and bonanza cause those are the two that were rerun and my grandmother would watch them. Yeah. But, but it uh, is wild how many there were. And it's and like how they, they've vanished. Justify your existence. They're like the lost tribes of Israel. They're just like donezo done. Uh, like, the CBS uh, Tuesday night lineup that Dobie Gillis aired as part of was Father Knows Best, followed by The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, followed by The Tom Ewell Show, The Red Skelton Show and The Gary Moore Show. So there is that. Uh, the Gary Moore Show is where um, Carol Burnett got her start. Uh, but you know, that's a weird, I mean, honestly, father knows best followed by Dobie Gillis is some um, whiplash. Yeah. Well, because, considering the episode of father knows best that we watched, which was also as modern oh, as this one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that night it was like, oh, finally, these are on the same page, <laughs> but in a way it feels like Dobie Gillis exists in reaction to father knows best, like in reaction to those kind of shows. It's good comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little, you know, flavored with the times. It's a, the jokes are not as I think, you know, the same whip smart as they are today. That's just my own personal bias. I think it was funny. I thought it was really well written. I've said it like 12 times already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are you watching on this night on ABC? Uh, they're airing a Wyatt Earp episode, Terror in the Desert. A woman tells Wyatt her husband has been framed on a theft charge. Wow. And then on CBS, Dobie Gillis is airing the big question. Dobie and Maynard have to write an essay. And then on NBC, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock presents A Crime for Mothers is airing, starring Claire Trevor. A woman claims her daughter from the child's foster parents. Uh -huh. What are you watching? <laughs> Those are three terrible descriptions. My yeah, God. I mean, I'm assuming I watch Dobie Gillis every week, so I'm probably yeah. watching that. I'll tell you, though, if that Alfred Hitchcock description had not just read like a to-do list, I don't know, <laughs> uh, maybe I would have watched that, but not that description. Yeah, I wouldn't. The, as As tempting as Alfred Hitchcock is, I don't know. I did watch one or two episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and it wasn't it was just like murder. It was just like, oh, murder. yeah, no, it, that's the thing. That's the I used to think that it was all monsters and shit like Twilight Zone. But no, it's just like an hour. It's like a 30 minute drama. It's like a yeah. murder or a robbery. Maybe there's a little bitty twist at the end. I've watched a lot of them. They're they're fun. We watch. I remember watching it in college. It was like three in the morning and we were all like it was a, a party was ending and yeah. we we're just watching whatever's on tv i remember there are two people who were fighting on the edge of a cliff and at one point their shadows hit the the back splash oh. so i'm like oh you can see the shadows on the on the the mountain in the back turning those out um on imdb 41 
Gillifiles, Gillis Files, gave this episode an <laughs> 8.1. What do you, would you go higher or lower? I think, you know, eight is that dividing line between yeah. everybody votes for things up to eight. And if it gets past eight, you know that that's a, a, a choice episode. It's one of the better episodes. So I would say that this is definitely rates an 8.1. I would go 8.6 or 7. I, yeah, I might I might bring it up there too. I think, like, just because I think that it is a little bit more avant, it's a little more avant-garde, and I think is incredibly avant-garde for 1961. Right. I think that if you if you have in your mind an idea of what TV was like in 1961, then you watch this <laughs> and be ready to pick your brain up off the floor. And also, <laughs> if you are a family affair fan, and even doesn't even have to be a funny episode, just a good episode, just like an episode that we would enjoy. Let us know. Yeah, I don't we'll even care. What, I don't even care what it is. It could be yeah. a, like the funniest episode of the show. It could be like the, the one scariest new character. Maybe someone else dies. No, door pilot. No, no, not not someone else dies. We don't want to see his points. If Brian Keith is shirtless. <laughs> um, or he says something like "God damn," yeah, which which you know he wanted to say every <laughs> line all day God every day damn. with those kids. God damn, what am I? Get all my get yeah. all my scenes shot in a day, please. Uh, uh, who had the musty performance in this episode? You know, everyone would is probably going to say Maynard G. Krebs, Bob Denver. I'm going to go with Dobie ah. because I think Dobie was just this fount, this font of wisdom where he was setting up like all these like truisms and really like insightful things that Maynard was reacting to and you know he's he's doing some shtick he's making yeah. it funny but the one who has like the really choice lines the deep lines and the monologue at the end is is doby yeah i yeah i see that too it's a it's a higher degree of difficulty definitely because maynard can get by on having all the jokes and doby has got to like get into some deep shit well, we saw we just saw Phil Silver's show last mm-hmm. last episode, and people will, will remember that. Be like, oh, that's the one with Doberman, right? Private Doberman. People still remember that. I it's it came up when I was telling people that about that we were doing the episode. <laughs> and Dobie Gillis, Maynard G. Krebs is still one of those characters that people yeah. remember and are familiar with. Which well, it's I like how people called Family Matters Urkel. Yeah, like it's not Urkel wasn't even in the first season. There shows and there shows that have those kind of standout characters that you don't remember. I don't remember. I I barely remember what David Spade's character was on Just Shoot Me. Oh, Finch. Finch. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, or is it Charlie on Empty Nest? Who? The neighbor. Who? He was the neighbor on Empty Nest. Who was? I don't. I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah. But he was one of those like I liked watching Empty Nest because oh that guy. <laughs> so people, I mean, people liked watching Bob Denver's Manor G. Krebs. Um, it, it was they were allowed to flirt with the beatnik scene a little bit by oh, like yeah. Manor G. Krebs. He had a beard. Oh, and that is a big insane. running thing in the episode too. Is just like the beard. Beards on TV. Who? Had oh my god! No like, yeah, you'd have like mountain men or like homeless people, but like no one had beards on TV. And now look at us. We have a lady with a mustache on this very show. Uh, uh, and must other people see this episode? Yeah. <laughs> I already said it'll leave your brain on the floor. 
It's great. And it makes me want to watch more Dobie Gillis. Worth it. Um, yes. It's it's uh, the show is is good. It's a I'm good also show. interested, like, because it also seems like they were dabbling with long term serial storytelling. Yeah. Like like the characters actually did like grow and uh, evolve and go places. I think it's when when you kind of like handcuff your show being like, oh, they're they're high school seniors. You're like, well, they can't be high school seniors forever. No. Yeah. They're That's like, why I'm like, man, it's season two and they're already seniors. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, you got you're running out of uh, a runway here. You know, every sh- that's why I'm always baffled when like sh- like high school shows that start like that 70s show. Why did they start in 1977? You started 1970. Give yourself 10 years <laughs> instead <laughs> of like you're you're still going to be relevant for three more years Um, or like high school shows. That's like, well, we're all juniors and it's season one. And it's like. Cool, great. What are you going to be doing in season five? Like, <laughs> make it hard on yourself. Start as freshman. You get you get the uh, you get the chance, like Saved by the Bell, to lose some cast members while they go to college. Yeah, save some money. Save some sexier. money. Uh, great. Well, that is the many loves, the many loves of Dobie Gillis. Mm, oh, fun! I liked it. It was such a fun episode. Very fun. Uh. Ethan, what's what? Uh, what do we do at this point? Uh, I'm trying to scroll back up, but I have to lick my fingers. Well, there, I mean, there's the people we have to thank. There's the, the oh yes. The Where can we find each other? What are we doing yeah. next? Well, next week is our next show. Hopefully, we can get a little, back into a little bit more of a groove. Things have been a little kind of crazy. Um, I switched Oof. jobs. Oh uh, yeah, that that's been kind of fun. Um, so it's whole new day of school kind of feel. Um. I think I said that in a previous episode because I, I switched jobs back in like July. I keep switching hey, jobs. I mean, between me and my husband have been on like four different insurances over the past year. Oh. It's been, you know, he just started his new job. Good. So lots of things. But uh, where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you about Doby? Check me out on Ethan K 55 at Instagram. Uh, I no longer respond to Twitter and uh, I have a Tumblr, but it, it Tumblr is poison. Oh, no. What happened to Tumblr now? Oh, it's it's always been a hell site. I love it. Oh, Tumblr yeah. Is my, Tumblr is my favorite. It's chaos. Yeah, it's controlled chaos. And I absolutely yeah. love it. But don't look me up on Tumblr because it, it you're, you're just going to see memes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just sorry. I'm just marveling at how beautiful I am. <laughs> the weird the wild thing is is i hate my shoulders as a man like I, you will never fucking catch me in a tank top let's just no, be honest never. i've never seen you in a tank top absolutely never nothing sleeveless literally ever i'm either shirtless or you're wearing a shirt but in drag i'm like let me show off i don't know it's Those shoulders it makes me feel yeah very and fun. that necklace uh, yes oh very uh, groovy, which is what we'll be doing next week. Something groovy because it'll be the seventies, and I got to get some. Uh, got to order some funky jewelry for this. Um, what's a good? I mean, what's a good? It's hard to you know find a bad seventies sitcom. There, there are bad seventies sitcoms and good. Oh 70s. yeah, Brady Bunch, bitch, we're doing it. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram uh, at at Barb Hardly, and also TikTok at Barb Hardly, where I am. I've uh, been posting some gay history videos because I think that's my new uh, shtick as a drag queen is I will get to drag and then make a video teaching you something about gay history. I've done three videos about this is the army in World War II. 
So please watch, please share seriously. Um, and then if you're just a fan of me as a human male, you can follow at Brett White. Is it, the, is it the gay must remember this? Oh, yes. Is it like, it's, you know, gay history told in a sequential format? Yeah, that's that's the vibe. Uh, and it's fun and it's a passion and keep history alive, people. Yeah, and it gives me a reason to spend liter- a lot of time doing this. This is a lot of work. Oh, <laughs> I'm God. glad you're having fun with it, though. Uh, yeah, we had got to do something. Um, and hopefully at some point uh, we'll be able to figure out how to do this live. That'd one be day. Fun, fun. One day. One sweet day. Uh, but yeah, thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening. Please rate and review the podcast literally everywhere or just talk to us. Please email mustafseentv at gmail.com at, at us on Twitter. Slide into the DMs. Please, please do anything. Let us know that you're out there and we'll holler at you later. Bye, darlings. Bye. Mwah. <laughs> okay. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.